This is Radio Influence. Podcasting redefined. This is Beyond the Badge on Radio Influence. A look inside the biggest and most controversial news stories you need to know now. One of the country's most relied upon law enforcement analysts, Vincent Hill. Good evening and welcome to Beyond the Badge. I'm your host, Vincent Hill, and America is just two days removed from what we're now calling the worst mass shooting in U.S. history, which occurred in Las Vegas, Nevada. This past Sunday, over 50 people were killed, over 500 injured. And I know a lot of you are like me when you went to bed Sunday. You thought the biggest story coming out of Nevada would have been this guy that got out of prison for armed robbery at a Las Vegas hotel some nine or ten years ago by the name of O.J. Simpson. We thought that was going to be the big story coming out of Nevada. Unfortunately, uh, that was not the case. Again, 50-plus people killed, 500-plus injured by a lone gunman by the name of Stephen Paddock. And Monday morning, my phone went off about 6 o'clock. And, you know, being in the the news media, you start to get calls as soon as stuff breaks off. So I was actually still asleep. One of the few days I sleep in, uh, phone goes off and my, my PR guy says, Hey, are you up? There's 50 people dead in Las Vegas. And, you know, I had to ask a few times, 50, like as in five, zero. He's like, yes, mass shooter uh, from Sunday night around 1030 Vegas time, which is my time. It's about 130 in the morning, which is around the time I went to bed uh, Sunday night slash Monday morning. Uh, So, of course, I immediately turned on the news. And, of course, everything's still fresh. Everything's still going on. There's no suspect name released. And, of course, everyone is thinking immediately some kind of terrorist act on U.S. soil. Islamic terrorist act. And you can hear witnesses saying, hey, this is not how Americans act. Or, you know, one guy mentioned how Vegas is a sanctuary city. And because of that, this is what happened. And then, lo and behold... Uh, when police finally find this guy 72 minutes later, and I'll talk about the 72 minutes, and some people say, oh, that was too long. I think that was actually right about the time. Uh, but lo and behold, when the name was released, Stephen Paddock, everyone was just in awe. And even more than just his name, not fitting a profile of this, uh, his age, he's 64 years old. You know, he's, I guess you can consider him a senior citizen, uh, from all accounts. He lived a normal life. No one had anything bad to say about him. I think he got a traffic ticket some seven years ago. Uh, but other than that, you know, no one knew a lot about this guy. He wasn't on police radar. He wasn't on federal law enforcement Radar, so he's just a mystery at this point. But of course, it was only a matter of hours that the left started making this 
a political thing and talking about gun control because the guy had several guns in his room. He had several guns in his house, all that were purchased legally, but yet the left wanted to make it about gun control. And let's be honest, you can have as many guns as you want. It doesn't make you a killer. The ideology of the gun doesn't kill people. The ideology of the bullet doesn't kill people. It's the ideology and the mindset of the person with the gun that kills people. So if this guy wasn't a convicted felon, he was not on anyone's radar, he legally purchased a gun, what's to say that that gun shop owner knew that this guy was going to go out and commit a mass murder? So what would gun control have saved here? There are already laws that say if you're a convicted felon, if you've been convicted of domestic violence, if you're mentally incompetent, if you're this, if you're that, that you can't legally purchase a gun. This guy legally purchased a gun. And he doesn't strike me as the guy that would go down to the projects of somewhere in Nevada and purchase a gun off the street. Again, he's a 64-year-old white guy who had never been arrested. So he definitely wasn't going to go get a gun off the street, which is where most of the guns that are used for the violence across this country and inner cities come from. Why do we keep having this conversation about gun control? Because let's be honest. If this guy had in his mind to do this, he was going to do this. It took him some time. And it took him some planning. You don't sneak 20 guns up to a hotel room without a plan. You don't check into the hotel three or four days before the shooting so you can scope out the parking lot without a plan. You don't get stools so you can elevate yourself and get better shots without a plan. So I don't think gun control had anything to do with this i think it was some sick individual who for whatever reason decided that he wanted to do this now of course isis immediately said oh yeah he converted to islam and yeah we're responsible for it well let's be honest isis if it rains outside will take responsibility for it because they want to be in the know they want to be in the news they want to be relevant which they're not. But it, it, it saddens me that immediately people like Hillary Clinton and CNN and just all of these people and, and just made this either a political thing or they were just really saying some sick stuff. Like one CNN commentator said, well, most of the concert goers, since it was country music, were Trump supporters. How do you know that? I like country music. Yes, I voted for President Trump, but if someone saw me in that crowd, they wouldn't automatically assume that I was a Trump supporter. So it's sickening to say, well, most of these were Trump supporters. Who cares? Everyone in that crowd was an American. That's the only thing that matters. I don't care if they were a Trump supporter a Hillary supporter, a Buddha supporter, Christianity, black, white. 
I don't care what they were. The fact is, they were Americans who died on American soil, and that's the only thing that should matter. Now, of course, yesterday I was on several media outlets, and people asked, what could have prevented this? What could have prevented the amount of people that died? Well, I'm going to be straight up blunt and honest. There was nothing that could have prevented yesterday or Sunday. Sorry. There was nothing that could have prevented Sunday. And let's look at this. And then I want to get into the 72 minutes that it took police to find this guy. He's 32 stories up. He's over a thousand plus feet away. The building is. He's shooting down into a crowd who hears rapid gunfire and can't tell where it's coming from. Because only since Austin way back in the 60s where the guy climbed a tower and started shooting down on people, most, no, correction, all mass shootings have been from the ground, right? Meaning the shooter was on the ground and they were shooting at people and they were quickly able to find out where the shooting was coming from. But if you're 32 stories up, you can't really tell where it's coming from. The only thing you know is to run for cover. So you have a guy 32 stories up. People don't know where the rounds are coming from. He's going from position to position. He's reloading. He's shooting. So now police arrive and they have to find this guy. Now, one of the things that led them to the right room was that the smoke detector in the room started going off because of the smoke uh, from all the rounds. But at the same time, police have to meticulously move through the hotel. That's after getting up to the 32nd floor. Now imagine the 32nd floor, even on an elevator, it's probably a several minute ride on that elevator because the elevator's probably going to stop at different floors or if it doesn't, you're still going from the first floor up to the 32nd floor. That's not a two-second trip, okay? So then police have to get to the room. They have to safely make entry to the room to eliminate the threat. But in this case, the threat eliminated himself. According to reports, he had taken his life just as police arrived. So... My hat's off, actually, to the first responders, the Las Vegas police who responded, who went to the room uh, to make sure the threat was eliminated. I mean, they did it by the book, by policy, and by procedure. So, how do we move forward from this? Because, unfortunately, the mass media has us so trained to think that when an act like this occurs, that the suspect has to look like the individuals in San Bernardino a few years ago, or that the suspect has to have a certain ideology, typically radical Islamic terrorist ideology. But one of the things I pointed out yesterday on one of the shows I did was there is no profile of a person that will do this. There is no look to a person that will do this. And I brought up back in 1995, there's a guy, you may have heard his name if you're old enough to remember, by the name of Timothy McVeigh. Timothy McVeigh 
was a white guy from Oklahoma that killed a bunch of people when he made a truck bomb and parked it in front of the federal building. And he definitely didn't fit the profile of what you would consider a domestic terrorist because he was a white guy from Oklahoma who had been in the United States military, the U.S. Army, who, for all purposes, people thought he was just a normal guy. You fast forward to 2017 in Las Vegas, and people thought Stephen Paddock was a normal guy. So there's not a profile, there's not a look to anybody that would do anything like this. So what do we do? Well, we have to be in this day and age, in this society, in the world we live in right now, we have to be vigilant about our surroundings. Now, one of the things I pointed out was there is no way, and I think once the video surveillance from the hotel and the surrounding cameras in Las Vegas are reviewed by the FBI, there is no way that this guy took up that many guns in several suitcases without something standing out. And if I'm a hotel employee at the front desk, and I know I checked you in on Thursday, but yet Friday you're bringing up more suitcases, and Saturday you're bringing up more suitcases, and Sunday you're bringing up more suitcases and bags with ammunition in it and all of this stuff, I may say, hey, hotel security, we may need to check this guy because he checked in several days ago with one suitcase, but he continues to bring suitcases up. I'm sure there's something that you're going to see once it's finally released in the video that shows that something just wasn't right with this guy. So we, as citizens of this country, we need to be vigilant about things like that. It takes me back to Boston and the Boston bombing during the marathon, where these two guys dropped these book bags and walked away, but no one picked up on it. I know me personally, if someone drops a bag next to me and walks away, I'm out of there. I'm not asking any questions. I'm out of there and I'm going to report it. So we've heard this term before. If you see something, say something. It's kind of cliche. It's kind of old, but it's true. If you see something that you think doesn't look right, hey, if you offend someone, who cares? But imagine if a hotel worker, even if it was just the maid who said, yeah, I cleaned this guy's room out yesterday and he's got like 20 suitcases in here, but it's just him. Imagine if just the maid had gone down to hotel security and security would have come up. They would have called law enforcement maybe and at least check this out. 50 plus people would be alive. 500 plus people wouldn't be injured. If you see something, say something. Now, the venue, the concert venue was out in the open. It was a very open space, right? But I always tell people, when you're in large crowds, A, know the fastest way out of there. Now, according to how they had the security set up, there was really only one way in and one way out of the concert grounds, which was a trap in itself. But no matter where I go, although you may tell me that's my exit, I'm already planning, okay, that you say that's my exit, but if the stuff hits the fan, that might be my exit over to my left. It may be my exit to my right or straight in front of me. I'm coming up with as many ways to get out of there 
if the stuff hits the fan, because we are in that society where you may have to do that. So always have more than one escape route. Always know your exits. Always know your surroundings. It's important. It can save your life. I promise you. You know, I I always get picked on by my friends when we go out about certain things I do, like even the way I park my car, I always back it in in case I got to haul ass out of a situation and may have to ram someone. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm as serious as I can be when I say you got to know what you're dealing with at all times. You got to know who's around you at all times. When I say I don't sit with my back to the door, I literally mean it. I don't sit to my back with my back to the door ever. And when I'm out with people, sometimes it pisses them off when I'm like, nah, I need this seat. Uh, But, you know, you never know when these things can happen. I mean, we saw it in Las Vegas. We saw it at a movie theater in Colorado. We saw it in Paris. We see it all the time, so you have to be vigilant about your surroundings. You have to be vigilant about who's coming around you. You have to be vigilant about everything you do when you're out in public because at any second, at any second, things can pop off. Now, imagine the victims in Las Vegas, and if you watch the videos... If you listen to those rounds going off, if you watch the performer that was on stage, a lot of people for the first 30 or 45 seconds thought it was possibly fireworks and no one really did anything. But as people started to see bodies dropping, they realized that the stuff had just hit the fan and they hadn't planned on this happening. Therefore, they didn't know what to do. When it did happen. Well, I know I will definitely be saying prayers for the victims, for the families, for the injured. Uh, A few off-duty police officers lost their lives who were just trying to have some down R&R time at this concert. There were some police officers from out of state at the concert who were shot and killed during this. So that's uh, very, very sad to me that these men and women put their lives on the line every day protecting and serving, but yet they're killed by a lone gunman while they're trying to enjoy a concert while on vacation. That is, uh, that, that's truly sad to me. And I'll definitely be praying uh, for those guys. And speaking of prayer, uh, this Sunday, the only Kneeling, I care to see, is kneeling to pray for these victims in this mass shooting in Las Vegas. That's the only kneeling this country should be doing right now. And I've said it before, I'll say it again. I stand for the flag. The only time I kneel is to pray. To me, kneeling is a sign of being a coward. The only time I've seen Americans kneel is usually when they're being beheaded by some terrorist group. Other than that, real Americans stand up and support the flag and support 
this country. And speaking of Las Vegas and speaking of the NFL and speaking of kneeling uh, and speaking of a active shooter scenario in Las Vegas, remember back in August, the weekend of the Mayweather fight, and there is a report of an active shooter at a hotel and Michael Bennett was detained. And of course, the next day he claimed it was all racially motivated and he was signaled out because of his race and the cop pointed a gun at his head and said, I'll kill you, all of this other crap. Well, 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 remember a few weeks ago when I talked about it and I said, well, police were responding to an active shooter and, you know, they probably detained him because he was hiding behind a slot machine. And then he ran from police as they approached. Well, 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 guess what? Video has been released by the Las Vegas Police Department. And guess what it showed? Michael Bennett, as officers were approaching, was in a crotch position. And then he ran towards a slot machine, then ran out of said building. And police gave chase because it was a fluid situation of an active shooter, and this guy, which is caught on video, sees police, crouches over, runs towards a slot machine in a crouch position, and then runs out of the building. So they catch him, they detain him, and they let him go. So here's where it gets interesting. There's no racial slurs going on during this, which is caught on body cam. There's no... I'll shoot you in the head, MF. All of this stuff that Michael Bennett claimed, there's none of that. He's in the car. They explained to Michael Bennett why he was detained. Like, hey, you saw us and you ran from us and we're dealing with what we're told is a shooter. So after a few minutes, Michael Bennett says he doesn't have his ID. He's like, yo, I'm Michael Bennett. I play for the Seattle Seahawks. Look it up. So you can see the officer on his cell phone, pull up Google, look up Michael Bennett. They look at the picture. They look at Michael and they say, yep, that's right. And at the end of the video, here's the shocker. Now, keep in mind, the two officers who detained them were Hispanic and the cover officer was black. Keep in mind, although Michael Bennett said it was racist and it was because he was a black man, he shakes their hand after the entire encounter and said he understood. So how do you say, oh, I understand after you're told and it's explained to you why you were being detained, you shake the two officers' hands, and then the next day you say you were the victim of racial profiling and these racial injustices that you and all of the other NFL athletes are kneeling about, but your whole story was a crock of shit. Now, excuse my language, but if you, on a Sunday, take a knee during the national anthem because you say there's racial injustices going on in this country by police and the black community, but yet your whole story was a lie to fit your narrative that you wanted to make fit, then you are a hypocrite. So for you to get on your knees to disrespect the national anthem and to disrespect this flag over some made up narrative 
You are a hypocrite and I have zero respect for you. And then Michael Bennett is the same person who was asking white NFL players to join in the anthem protest. What? So you lie about what really happened. And it went down exactly how I said it went down. Police were responding to what they were told was an active shooter. And then you see the video of Michael Bennett crouching down when he sees police and then running when he sees police as opposed to just staying where he is with his hands up. Because again, and even the officer explained to this, dude, you took off running when you saw us. And typically, innocent people, they don't run from police. So police did exactly what they were supposed to do, given the information they had. But yet, oh, we need the white players to help join in this anthem protest because of the treatment of black people by police. What? Well, if you shake the hands of the officers who had just detained you and say, oh, I understand, I'm going to go out on a limb and say you weren't mistreated. Because if you were really mistreated, Michael Bennett, you definitely wouldn't have shaken their hands. You probably would have still been giving them lip as you initially did when they put you in handcuffs. But once you shut your mouth and they explained to you what was going on and you said, yes, I understand. And then you shook the hand of two Hispanic guys who in this country have dealt with racial injustices, too, if we're being honest and racial slurs and all of this other stuff. If you shook their hands. That's a sign of respect to me. It's not a sign of, oh, I was mistreated. It's not a sign of, oh, you just picked on me because I'm a black guy. It's not a sign of racial injustice. It's a sign of respect and understanding. So what I don't understand is how you can go out on the field and do what you do for this false cause. That you and a bunch of other people are filling up our news airways up with. Every Sunday, we have to hear about who's kneeling. Every Monday, we have to hear about who's kneeling. Every Thursday, we have to hear about who's kneeling. And throughout the week, all I want to do is watch a football game. All I want to do is watch some plays. Watch some passes, watch some hits, but we can't do that because people like you, Michael Bennett, going around spreading this false narrative, this false narrative, and the video doesn't lie. The video doesn't lie. It's people like you that are ruining the enjoyment of the game of football that we've all loved for many, many, many years, and I myself are quite sick of it, along with a lot of other patriotic Americans. You have Americans burning their season tickets that they paid thousands of dollars for. You have Americans burning jerseys that they paid hundreds of dollars for. You have Americans who said they will not watch the NFL because of people like Michael Bennett and Colin Kaepernick, and everybody else that is doing this. 
So you, th- you, you, you say there's racial injustice and there's police brutality in the black community, but not one of them can start naming off names like Dylan Taylor, the 19-year-old white unarmed kid that was killed three days after Michael Brown shot and killed by police and it was caught on body cam. But everybody can quote the names Michael Brown who robbed the store just before he was killed. Freddie Gray, who ran from police, who was known to sell drugs, who really wasn't killed by police. They can start naming all of these names. Alton Sterling, who had a gun, who resisted arrest, who fought with police, who was seen with his arm still out, going in the direction of the gun that was recovered. They can say all of this is injustice but not take accountability for those people's actions. But yet they couldn't tell you one white person that was killed by police for some of the same reasons that these black people that they hashtag have been killed by police. So everyone's saying that this is just in the black community and a, no one's taking accountability and a, no one is stopping to think for themselves, think for themselves Look at everything as a whole and say, how do we teach people to deal with police? Because I don't care what you say. No police officer just shows up to a scene, gets out of his car and just starts shooting people just because they're black. I've never, ever, 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 ever seen it in my lifetime. It doesn't happen. Police just don't say, oh, you know what? I'm going to go to this hotel in Las Vegas and look for Michael Bennett, and then I'm going to arrest him. I'm going to put him in handcuffs. I'm going to put him in the back of my car just to let him go, simply because he's a tall black guy. It didn't happen. Michael Bennett, look at your actions. Take accountability for your actions. If I see police and I crotch down and start running, if they chase me, I shouldn't be surprised because that's the game, buddy. That is the game. Just like when you try to tackle someone, that's the game. That's your profession. That's their profession. That's what they're trained to do, to protect and serve. Anyway, I, I can go on and on about this whole kneeling during the national anthem crap. Uh, I guess I'm just an old school, red blooded American who is very patriotic, who, from as far as I can remember, stood for the national anthem, the Pledge of Allegiance, all of the things that make this country free and great, I stand for. And the only thing I kneel for is to pray. All right, I'm out of time. Um, for this uh, segment of 10 7, I don't want to honor. Uh, just one particular person, one particular officer, what I do want to honor, and it includes some officers that were tragically killed this past Sunday. I want to honor the now 59 people that were shot and killed in Las Vegas, Nevada. My heart is definitely out to their families. My prayers are to their families. And no matter what political party they were, 
I don't care. They were Americans who died on American soil. And for anybody that makes light of that because they may have voted for President Trump or they may be a Republican and we've seen the Twitter feeds, we've seen this crap, we've heard people in the media say this. If that is the mindset you have, if you're not compassionate about your fellow American, you're a bigger part of this problem in this country than you will ever know. And you're too idiotic to even understand that. I'm Vincent Hill. Thanks for listening. I will see you next week right here, RadioInfluence.com. Good night. To continue the conversation, get updates on the show, and to find out when you can see him on television, follow Vincent on Twitter at Vincent Hill TV. That's at Vincent Hill TV. This has been Beyond the Badge on Radio Influence. Radio Influence brings you the absolute best in digital audio broadcasting. We've got something for everyone. Sports personalities like the fabulous sports babe, Rich Herrera, and former Major League Baseball manager Kevin Kennedy as they take you inside the dugout. We'll take you inside the world of MMA with the MMA Report with Jason Floyd, the MMA Insiders, and the Valor Hour with Tim Loy and Casey Oxidine. Or you could find yourself sitting ringside with wrestling ring announcer David Penzer. TV law enforcement analyst and former police officer Vincent Hill breaks down this week's biggest crime stories and takes you beyond the badge. Chef Brian Duffy from TV's Bar Rescue shares his crazy life on the road with Duffified Live. And Scott Ledger will always make you think with some dangerous conversation. All of Radio Influence's shows can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and RadioInfluence.com. 